Ask the MP. Ask the, the right MP. honorable is in the hot seat. Ask the MP, Ask the MP. With, with Farai on ZFM Stereo. This is ZFM Stereo, my station, your station. I thank you so much for tuning in this Tuesday evening. It is time now for Ask the MP, which comes to you only on ZFM Stereo. Uh, my station, your station, 106.4 is our frequency here in Harare. But you can listen to us live. Just log on to zfmstereo.co.zw. You can also catch us on various apps, including TuneIn. And I know many of you are tuned in from all over the world. We do welcome you and we thank you for tuning in uh, today. Uh, other frequencies in Zimbabwe, as we always like to uh, update you, Chivu 99.8, Nyanga 98.2, Gweru, the city of progress 104.3, and in Victoria Falls 106.5. Ask the MP comes to you on ZFM Stereo. Every uh, week we bring in different members of parliament, civic society organizations to talk about uh, issues that are being debated and discussed in parliament. Uh, tonight we are focusing on the very topical, uh, some may say controversial, but I think certainly, uh, you know, significant uh, debate that is going on around the electoral bill, debate around the reforms uh, in that electoral bill. We know that it was one of the key pieces of, uh, uh, you know, legislation that parliamentarians were seized with when they returned from their adjournment. And we'll be getting an update on that, uh, as well as giving you an opportunity, most importantly as Zimbabweans, to pose your questions, to have your say and to contribute to this discussion. You can and do that via our WhatsApp platform 0731-168-045. 0731-168-045. Do get in touch with us. Send us a WhatsApp message. Tell us who you are, where you're contributing from. Ask a question and have your say. Tonight, my guests are none other than uh, Honorable Fortune Chassis. He's been on this show several times. Great to have you back, sir. Thank you for joining us. Thank you and good evening, Farah. Indeed. And alongside him, we have none other than Honorable Tabitha Kanengoni Malinga. Ma'am. Great to have you on the program, and it is a pleasure to have you here. Thank you, Farai. I'm happy to be here. Fantastic. Listeners, once again, this program belongs to you. We want you to have your say. You can also get in touch with us via WhatsApp. We're streaming this live. Sorry, you can uh, via Facebook. We're streaming this live, Facebook Live. Catch our stream there. You can watch this live if you want to see us in the studio, but you can also pose and contribute uh, via that platform. So do uh, certainly get in touch with us. Honorable Chazi, let me begin with you. Uh, how far are we with this electoral bill? Well, I think we are basically done. It has been sent to um, Senate, and um, unfortunately, I was in Parliament today. Um, but I believe and uh, hope that it will be considered uh, by Senate tomorrow. Depending on who you speak to, um, you know, we hear that they are, they are, before debate even began, there, were, uh, there was a long list of things that, whether it was civic society, uh, different political parties wanted to see incorporated in that bill. Is everyone happy? Um, it's not always possible to make everybody happy. But I'm very happy myself and satisfied that as political parties um, in parliament, we were uh, in agreement on more issues than those in respect of which we were not in agreement. And um, um, the way the system works is that when there is uh, no agreement, you then have to vote. And uh, of course, the party that has the majority um, um, takes... Uh, uh, the position, but I think by and large, we uh, had uh, Honorable Gonessa from the MDC who did marvelous work and made a lot of uh, proposals, and uh, the Minister of Justice uh, was um, also very good and accepted um, quite a number of the um, suggestions uh, by um, by the opposition, and and I think that is the way the system really um, should work, and I think. Um, uh, this is an ongoing process. We mm-hmm. will still have opportunities after the elections to continue to broaden um, our democratic uh, principles and practices. So it's, it's not as if uh, the door is shut uh, to any further discussions and suggestions. Honorable Kanegoni Malinga, let me bring you in. What is the sentiment of your counterparts across the floor 
do they feel that uh, you know as the best that could be done has been done or do they, are they still aggrieved well like honorable chassis said um you know when you, when it comes to a process like this um you can't satisfy everybody but mm-hmm. um from my analysis i think majority of the issues the 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 sticking issues were discussed um in particular issues to do with gender and how women can be well represented or defended by the law um issues to do with just something as simple as defining concepts uh-huh. and um going further to talk about uh, the people's right to vote and the, the new bvr system so things that are straightforward and clear-cut i think people are satisfied with um it remains to be seen how the um, the amendments will be adopted in in real life but uh-huh. i think majority of the people are happy because um the process allowed them to be heard to debate extensively and um if you are given the opportunity to, to debate extensively you you can accept when you uh, win some or lose some so i think the general sentiments are are quite positive uh-huh. across the floor you said debate extensively uh, so i'd imagine that everything that could have been said was possibly said uh, but many people might be wondering look why is it taking us so long to get here um, what were some of the stumbling blocks one of the uh, accusations that is often put on the table is lack of political will lack of will by the executive you sit in parliament perhaps you could tell us uh, why we've taken this long to get here is it indeed a lack of will to to implement this um probably to a certain extent but everybody knows that we have crossed floors and we're in a new dispensation and um there's this desire and will to put issues that were um preventing the the, the amendments to go forward um to the negative things to be corrected um as it were i think maybe there was not real focus on the important issues before mm-hmm. and people tend to take issues seriously when they get closer to to the actual election mm-hmm. i think because we were so far from the election people were quite kind of relaxed about it and thought i oh, will get to it when we get to it but now that we're approaching the election it's 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 more real mm-hmm. and um the opposition and uh the 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 ruling government alike wants to see the election go a certain way mm-hmm. and they want to be represented in a certain way mm-hmm. and with the coming of the new dispensation everybody's hopeful that whatever it is that they they tried to fight for before and couldn't get they can get it now because um president Mnangagwa has promised that um the elections will be free fair and credible he's even g- gone so far as inviting observers to come in so this gives a lot of hope for people and i think this is what has also driven um people to have the energy to actually get into it and and get it going because everyone is eager to have the elections 0731 send us a whatsapp message with a, a question a comment or contribution also uh, you know follow us on our facebook page facebook live you can also contribute via that platform uh, honorable chasse i want to ask this and perhaps even you know to both the honorables here is uh, the person out there who may be listening, the, 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 the prospective voter, the Zimbabweans out there, uh, how intimate do you think they know what has been happening here? Are, they, uh, are these, uh, I would imagine these are reforms ideally that they have said we want to see when we vote, when we run an election, this is what we want to see. Uh, how updated have they been in terms of what's happening now? Well, um, I, I think um, it must be admitted that um, we have taken too long to complete the, this um, amendment uh, process. Uh-huh. Ideally, we ought to have done it much earlier, and that would have uh, allowed members of the public to understand more and interrogate the issues more. But their level of understanding is also a function of their interaction with their um uh, political representatives in in parliament and in their in their parties um, and, and so um, I, I think that um, the members of parliament who have been contributing have been interacting with their constituencies and have taken instructions from them on these uh, 
very very you know critical issues that have got to do with the with the elections mm-hmm. yes and, mm-hmm. go ahead and um, um like like i said um uh more time would have been um useful to ensure that there is a more interrogation of what it is that um, is planned we know as being planned with respect to the to the amendments but uh, the the political parties have been meeting uh, at uh, various levels uh, at the high level uh, meeting um, where some of these things have been discussed in particular uh, one of the products has been the code of conduct which as you will be aware is now part uh, is replaced the old con- uh, code of conduct that was um, in the schedule to the uh, electoral uh, act with a, a new uh, um, code of conduct uh, better improved which we hope that uh, our political systems and uh, government systems will help to cascade that code of conduct to the um, um, various echelons of um, our political structures so that people understand the the need for uh, free, fair and credible elections and uh, the implications of not um, engaging in that type of uh, 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 free um, electoral practice. Indeed. Um, just to, to notify listeners that we, uh, because uh, listeners just uh, asked why I have uh, two MPs from the same political party, we did invite uh, the opposition. Unfortunately, uh, I would imagine that they are occupied by other things that are happening at this point, but uh, none of the opposition, none of the MDCT uh, MPs or other opposition MPs or independent MPs rather were available to come on this program, but we certainly did extend an invitation to them. Let me turn to you, Honorable Kanengoni uh, Malinga. Uh, issues to do with women. Yes. Uh, you you mentioned that those were some of the things that were incorporated. Now, I would ask, uh, you know, it's not the first time, certainly maybe not specifically to do with elections, but it's not the first time that Parliament has enacted thing, laws that support women, that uh, empower women, but in reality those things never happen. They never materialize. Uh, essentially, it's on paper, but in reality it doesn't happen. Uh, how do we ensure that... Uh, what has been passed here and perhaps you could give us if you have details of what has been incorporated specifically focusing on women uh, and how to ensure that it will actually happen in this election which is impending um i think let me um take it uh back from elements of the previous question to say that um i think what i have observed is that there's a gap between the august house and a huge gap between the august house and the electorate in that what we discuss in the house sometimes is very technical and um, it's not something that you can take as is to go to the people and say um this is what we want to do you sort of scare them away Mm -hmm. um but we need to be able to bridge that gap so that whatever we discuss in the house and when we take it to the ground people are able to actually participate effectively now, when it comes to women's issues, we've seen the same problem. We fight for um, the 50-50 issues in Parliament. We fight for it in, at, at many different platforms. Um, even the civil society fights for it. Even NGOs fight for it. But when we go on the ground and we talk to women, um, we are still at the point where we first have to educate them on what it means um, to stand up for each other, to stand up for ourselves, and to use the law when it now exists for our benefit. I'm an MP for a rural constituency, so um, the people in Chiwesha, for example, don't have um, easy access to um, to the internet or to social media as much as those in like peri-urban and urban areas. So they're always a little bit behind on the issues and you have to make an extra effort as an MP to actually go and discuss these issues with them and to make them understand what it means. Now, um, the issue of uh, gender balance or gender equity is not something that we can win, win as women alone, uh-huh. you know. The men have to be on board as well. And I think we are yet to discover um, the tactic that can help men come on board without feeling threatened. Um, during the, the debate um, on the Electoral Amendment Bill, Honorable Missy Hairambwe Mshonga, who is the chairperson of the um, committee, Parliamentary Portfolio Committee on Women and Youth Affairs, brought up some issues that she wanted um, amended in the, in the bill. One of them was to um, 
use um, Section 17 of the National Constitution as part of the preamble, which talks mm-hmm. about um, gender balance and women's issues and so on. And her idea was let's have this preamble in there so that whatever it is that happens for the rest of the bill, um, the issue of gender balance is considered. No matter what it is we're talking about, we are conscious of the 50-50 issue. Unfortunately, the minister did not think it was a good idea to put it in the preamble, but however, he did agree to touch on gender issues as the bill um, progresses. The issues that we agreed to were issues of definition, for example, like how do we define uh, gender or how do we define gender equality and um, in terms of uh, defining gender um, it was agreed that uh, gender be defined as the social meaning given to being either female or male in a given society now we can take this for granted but when you try when you actually try to um, apply some of these issues you then discover that defining them is quite important uh-huh. and then the issue of gender equality was also agreed to uh, in terms of how to define it in the bill and this was agreed that it is the enjoyment by women and men of uh, socially valued good opportunities resources and rewards now these are issues that were accepted so issues to do with definition but the minister um, did say, okay, we will look at gender issues as and when it is possible. You know, so this issue of as and when, you know, is where you see that there's a loophole. So it may be applied, it may not be applied. We'll see how it goes and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. Um, if we look at our institutions, like um, where these issues are implemented, majority of the people that are meant to implement these issues or who are in these positions are male. Mm-hmm. So there are very few women in there who can actually pinpoint these red flags and fight for it. We fight for it from the outside in most cases. So uh, in a nutshell, I can say that we need to take the debate outside of parliament and make it more effective on the ground and make women understand so they, the basic woman in the rural area can fight for the issues as well. If you're in parliament and... Uh, there's more men than women you know you you can't win it but if you mobilize the masses then you have more women than men who can fight for the issues so that's what i can say about that we'll come back to that but uh, listeners keep those contributions coming through someone's getting in touch here via uh, facebook live frank mandea says and he's asking you can't satisfy everybody i think it's coming back to that issue of you know we've where you're saying you everyone you know Mm -hmm. you can't make everyone happy but he says electoral reforms now we the people want it now sentiments like this don't you think that uh, where you say that we haven't been able to do everything that everybody wanted open the door for dispute and contention where uh, if for instance uh, uh, honorable chassis doesn't uh, prevail in his uh, constituency you can say ah but these reforms are not fully implemented i think um look it's easy for someone to say we want it we want it but there are a lot of platforms that are created for people to come and participate so that they can voice their opinion on these issues parliamentary portfolio committees go out to the people they invite people to come and have their input when it comes to everything that is before parliament what we've witnessed is that when committees go out to meet with the people the numbers that attend are very very low in most cases uh-huh. and yet um you have um you have the um the invitation being put on radio it's put on tv it's put on print media but it seems uh people don't take it as seriously as they should now when it then um bites them um when what they need is not implemented it's easy to then say the legislators are not doing a good job or our issues are not being heard i want to encourage people to be able to be more um active in participating in these gatherings that parliament um holds so that their voice is really truly heard in an area where there are 20,000 people and you have 100 people attending a meeting you know it's not a true reflection mm-hmm. of what the people uh want so at the end of the day, you might find a minority voice being inc- incorporated as if it's a, it's a majority voice. So I, I think we need to, we need to develop a culture of of participating more, even uh-huh. especially if you're not a leader, especially if you don't have a position. 
you know you must feel that you can lead from behind and i think this culture has to be cultivated in us as zimbabweans and hold people to account which is what we encourage you listeners to do on this platform which is uh, ask the mp this is why we bring these members of parliament do you vote them uh, into those uh, seats and so you must be able to interact and interface with them a couple of more contributions coming through uh, a listener here says uh, we are all zimbabweans it's even better if you make life better for the populace of zimbabwe uh, Zimbabwe comes first, parties later. I think speaking about uh, part, the, the partisanship and uh, the need to put Zimbabwe first. Uh, another listener here says, um, thanks for the show. If we talk about elections without talking about the ballot paper, then we haven't started talking elections yet. Mm-hmm. Now, there's a statement made here which uh, we need clarity on and i've seen various theories on social media and it is an opportunity to um, maybe shed more light on it it says where did that paper come from i don't know which ballot paper or if they've indeed been printed aren't we being exposed to the nikuv era again uh, we will march against the government uh, we can't tolerate no reforms I'll allow you to respond to that and a lot more. Let me take a couple of more coming through. Uh, so, yeah, that issue, we've, we've, I, I've certainly seen people talking about ballot papers being printed. I'm not sure where it's coming from. Um, we want doors to be opened for a better future. Thank you so much for that contribution. Um, uh, there's one more I want to read before we uh, I hand over to the parliamentarians here, which uh, uh, talks about... Someone says, uh, what were the contentious issues? Uh, I think a number of them have been raised, and certainly the ones that have been addressed, uh, we've spoken about here on the program. I just want to take a couple of more contributions coming through. Um, Someone says, uh, you know, you're talking about uh, wanting to address these reforms after uh, elections, some of the reforms that are outstanding, uh, suggesting that people, MPs, might relax uh, after that and, you know, think we've got another five years before the next election uh, and end up in the situation where we are now, as uh, was alluded to earlier, that we want to do everything at the 11th hour. Uh, here's a quick one on, we are the Minister of Women and Gender. This means gender refers to female, and the Minister is female. The Permanent Secretary is female. Casey Munin Harare, thank you so much for that contribution. I think responding uh, to what you've just talked about the honorable uh Kaningoni malinga I've, electoral reforms are significant to a free and fair and credible election but true reforms begin in the heart it is not the absence of these reforms that causes inconsistencies but irregularities originate from the heart it's time for the ruling party to start on a clean slate the need for electoral reforms began as far back as the year 2000 but the ruling party was dragging its feet this is the mandizidza mos mandizidza kwasadza thank you so much for those contributions We'll take a few more uh, during the course of this program. Keep them coming through via WhatsApp 0731-168-045 or via Facebook Live. Honorable Chassi, your response to some of these issues. Thank you very much, Farai. I think that uh, it's very good that uh, members of the public are taking an active interest in the electoral laws and uh, also in the work that uh, parliament and parliamentarians actually carry out. Um, This is important because... um, elections are the gateway to democracy which is the principle that we've agreed on um, as a country in our constitution it permeates uh, literally every part every article of the constitution now there's been uh, i'll start with the issue concerning um ballot paper mm-hmm. and um uh, it, it is important that the public is asking questions relating to that mm-hmm. uh, because it reflects um, a, a number of things. One, uh, the it reflects the fact that uh, there is a mistrust amongst us, and it is the responsibility of uh, uh, Zek as the body that has been um, um, given the responsibility in the constitution to run elections. Um, sometimes perceptions are reality, mm-hmm. and so we need all stakeholders to reflect to the public that we are sincere in what we are doing but in so doing we need to realize that zec is an independent commission in terms of the constitution so too much micromanagement or involvement in the work that they do diminishes their independence we need to take all steps to strengthen 
that organization because it is a pinnacle of uh, where we want to take this country to in terms of um, uh, our system. And so we cannot really, in my view, uh, be involved in every step of the electoral processes that ZEC must run. We, we might then just dissolve it and, uh, and, and run just, it from parliament. Yeah, and run it from parliament or from the ministry or something like that. So we need to respect that independence and we need to continue to find ways of uh, making it uh, very, very clear that ZEC is important, uh, is, is independent. And this has to do with um, how they work, how we relate uh, to them, and uh, also what information we give to the public. If people do not have information, they are more inclined to act on the basis of suspicions. We are coming from a background of a lot of suspicion, and we say we have now a new dispensation. And I think the president is doing a good job, a good job to assure Zimbabweans that we have a new system which is open that's why engagement is so important and fundamental to our foreign policy we want all um international players to come and witness what it is that we are doing in terms of the elections that we we are going to be engaged in um in a in a few months and that is very critical it's, it's not being done necessarily for outsiders, but the elections themselves must be credible, uh, they must be fair and free to all participants in Zimbabwe first and foremost. But there is a, a, a listener who I think has made a, a, a very important point to, stay, to say that all these things start from the heart. Mm -hmm. uh, issues of uh, gender uh, inclusion also start from the heart. You can have a piece of law, but those who implement and apply that law must be passionate about um, what it is they are doing. For example, if we look at gender issues, we should not, as I think we currently do, view it as a, 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 a women's thing. Gender issues are also men's issues. And we, as men, we need to recognize that the patriarchal system that we have does not advance the women's cause. Just look at the names that crop up uh, from the primaries that are ongoing and count how many women there are. So, um, and this is notwithstanding that we have more female voters than, than men. Uh, whoever attends uh, a political meeting mm -hmm. to be obvious that there are more uh, women, women voters yes yeah. and so we need to take these things um, wholeheartedly and sincerely and uh, to also be passionate about our efforts towards achieving a fully democratic uh, state it's not something that will happen overnight but we have got in our conduct as political parties, as institutions of government, show that we are very sincere about what we would like the um, system to be. Uh, Honorable, I can see you furiously making notes there, but in addition to, to what you are about to respond, uh, I've got a listener who's got in touch with us via Facebook Live, and uh, uh, his name is... Uh, Michael Chimsoro, he says, I understand that the majority of Zimbabweans are located in rural areas and the concept of gender is, de is a debatable topic on new media, Facebook, Twitter, ETC. This will partially and selectively benefit the women in urban areas. The women in rural areas are not fully represented in the notion of gender and other development issues and even electoral issues. How best are you serving the general populace in those rural areas? Wow, that's a... Um, a really good uh, contribution I think I want to go back to the issue of um, defining concepts that we spoke about earlier um, somebody else mentioned that uh, when people talk about gender they mean women or female uh, somebody commented on that uh -huh. the first thing that I think we have to understand is that gender does not mean female 
And when you speak about gender issues, we must be very careful when we articulate the issues that we are not making ourselves fall into the same trap. Gender issues have to do with um, their women's issues, they're also men's issues, their children's issues. They're all incorporated when we talk about gender. We're just talking about equity. We're talking about balancing something that is that that is not balanced at the present moment. Now, if we look at rural areas, um, our women have been socialized to believe that um, they are supposed to be submissive to men, that uh, if they voice their opinion, they're being disrespectful. Um, and if you see that in the rural areas in particular, if you start to talk about issues of gender balance, they're very they're very shy about it because they feel they're they're breaking some kind of laws but i think it's again in the definition like if we explain it in the proper way to say no we're not we're not saying disrespect your husbands or we're not saying um you now don't have to you know be submissive as the bible says you know what i mean um it's a matter of seeing where your strengths are as men, as women, seeing how both strengths can work to our advantage uh-huh. and use that to our benefit. It doesn't have to, because when we talk about it, we're not talking about uh, gender equity in the home per se. We're talking about opportunities outside the home where women can have access to the same things that men have access to. Of course, we are built differently. Of course, we have different strengths. But we have to be able to identify those things that can help to develop our nation. I want to give um, Rwanda as an example. If you look at the the parliament of Rwanda, I think they're one of the fewest countries in Africa that have managed to achieve great heights in terms of uh, gender balance. Um, if you look at the country itself, it developed so quickly in such a short space of time. And I want to believe that it's this issue of gender balance that also brings development on board. If you if there's no gender balance, there's no there's very little development, mm. if any. And we have to realize this, not just as women, but also the our male counterparts have to realize that they have a, there is a lot to benefit from uh, being uh, equal in terms of access to resources or opportunities and so on and so forth. Now, um, having a Ministry of Women Affairs and then having a minister of women affairs being female and the permsec being female. It's, it's not enough. That's just one ministry out of uh, how many do we have now? We, we have so many of them mm-hmm. and they keep changing, you know. We are not saying let's have a ministry and be happy that we now have a ministry of women affairs. We're saying we have, uh, uh, of all the ministries, let's also have women uh, being ministers of finance, mm-hmm. for example, mm-hmm. or ministers of transport and infrastructure development. Women can do those types of jobs. Now, I want to go to Zek. We have seen in the previous government and in the current government that Zek has been run by women. Uh And I want to say that when when we started having women at the helm of Zek, I think a lot of positive change started happening. And... I'm sure President Mnangagwa realized this. That's why he replaced um, uh, Justice Makarao with another female in that position. Because issues of uh, sensitive nature really honestly are run better by women. Women are afraid of going to jail. <laughs> I have to be very honest with you. And when, you, when it comes to... Um, propaganda and issues to do with rigging and so on and so forth that i i think that type of stuff is not really built in the in the female brain Uh and we are very we're built to want to do everything right to tick certain boxes and to show that we can do this so i think it's really important to have i mean i want to challenge um his excellency (laughs) Uh that if um, we, when we pass these elections, I want to challenge him to put females in the most critical ministries, transport, um, even home affairs, even security, finance, put women in there and see what happens. I think we'll have a great change. Now, we also have women that are permanent secretaries. Uh Right. We have uh, male ministers, but we also have female permanent secretaries. So we have ministries that are being um, headed by women. But I think we need to see a more uh, aggressive uh, approach to the issue of uh, having females lead. 
We have a lot of strong females. And I, I want to say, uh, I agree with Honorable Chassie. When he was talking about um, looking at our current primary elections and uh, we, ha- we also, that's the PF. And then we also have MDC elections that are coming up. We're already seeing a lot of women being kicked out, not by the electorate per se, but by this male force where we are failing to protect the women that are already there in the system. So we're already kicking them out. I read um, with sadness that uh, Honorable Jesse Majome decided to, to, to run as an independent ca- candidate because of issues that she did not agree with in her party, one of which was that they were saying that she's now too old to be an MP. And I said, really? I mean, since when do you look at age uh, when it comes to women? But this has never been an issue for men. We have men that have been MPs since independence. Mm-hmm. And they're probably now in the, I, I don't know, they're going into another term. And you can tell that these, these male counterparts should probably be in the Senate by now. But they're still in the lower house. Nobody has ever questioned that. But because it's a female MP, we now say, we look for something and we say, oh, you're not too old. I mean, when, 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 when can we win? Indeed. <laughs> Honorable Chassie, <laughs> but I want to ask you, there's a listener who said, what were the contentious issues? I think we know quite a lot of them. What I would want to know perhaps from you is what was, what's still outstanding? What were some of the issues that may have, you know, people had wanted, agitated for them to be incorporated, but weren't? Um, one of the issues um, um, that was brought up um, in particular by um, Honorable Gonese, um, whose work I must acknowledge uh, insofar as these amendments um, 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 are concerned, was the issue of the diaspora vote, mm-hmm. um, for example. Um, um, I think the Constitution is quite clear that the right to vote accrues to every citizen of this country. Mm-hmm. But um, I also think that we haven't given much thought to this uh, particular matter. Um, we need, I think, to interrogate it further and understand exactly what are, what are the issues, um, how uh, practical is it, what are uh-huh. the logistical issues, uh, are we able to reach every Zimbabwe wherever they are to enable them to vote. So I think that uh, uh, obviously this is an issue that um, 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 I do not personally feel that it can be achieved for this election, mm-hmm. but it certainly has to be an issue um, for the next election, and we must, as early as possible, begin to look at those issues and come up with um, uh, a possible framework that allows as many as uh, possible uh, of our citizens outside the country to be able to vote, but we need to map where they are. Mm-hmm. And we need to come up with a system that then allows us to make a deliberate uh, decision as to say, some countries have said people in the diaspora will vote for the president. Mm-hmm. Uh, because and, they, they are not in any constituency. Exactly. Yeah. And we also have um, um, what I think is a, a legal stumbling block because um, we, we are working with a, a word-based system. So you, you've got to be identified with a particular... If you're in Northern Ireland mm-hmm. and you have been there for 10 years, you, you really cannot, um, uh, I think, um, honestly claim that you live in Ward 17 in Glendale. Mm-hmm. If I ask my chairman there, Comrade Kudangran, why you say, I don't know that person. Mm-hmm. So... We, we also then need to look at the legal framework itself and say, um, this is current system, does it support and enable people who are outside to participate um, electorally in the country? Um, and in some countries like uh, I think Nigeria and Kenya, they've mapped and then they've made a decision to say, okay, in Africa we're going to put infrastructure to allow people who are in South Africa and another African country because that's where their population is. Um, is And, and so we, we then need to make informed uh, yeah. decisions around those matters. Now, others have said that uh, you have embassies and people in the embassies vote and that type of thing. But our embassies are not structured. Let's look at South Africa, for example. Um, our embassies in Pretoria, 
and um, it's not structured to have over a million people coming, coming to, to cast their votes. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, sometimes people make these um, political statements, which are not supported by by facts. So we need to inter- and somebody from Cape Town. Mm. There's so we have so many Zimbabweans in Cape Town. Mm-hmm. Can they conceivably come to uh, Pretoria to vote? Um, I, I think really it's a, a huge logistical issue. So those are some of the things that we really need to look to say, what sort of infrastructure can we do it over the internet? Uh, some countries have got software that they've Allows used for this purpose. Yeah. So we need to be able now, I think, to... Uh, and I think ZEC must be seized with that matter in addition to other stakeholders. So uh, that was the one issue. There was the also, I think, the issue that is... Um, commonly um, raised uh, where it is said that um, there's been um, the ZEC has been um, I think they call it securitization or militarized militarization <laughs> yes um, um, which on the facts really says that if you have been in the army you can literally you cannot work for any government department because that is viewed as militarization but let's take into cognizance the fact that in 1980 when the war ended people were demobilized they joined an entire um uh gamut of um, employment opportunities private some remained as soldiers uh, some joined ministry of health some went into private companies some became peasant farmers and so when the term is used it sounds like it's something that is really novel but it's something that has always happened and we can't criminalize or punish people for having gone to the war to fight to liberate the country and then to stay in the army to give us the peace and tranquility that we so much uh, relish so that that i think is a a matter that um um is outstanding in a sense but uh, which i think goes to the very root of our liberation um struggle um i'd say maybe that was and, and Those course, are the main, uh-huh. yeah and of course the printing of uh, well, yeah, okay. and uh, the identification of the printer uh, people say want to know um the process but so far as i understand it and i think zeki have said so they've operated within the confines of the procurement act which allows the process that they have done so uh, sometimes when we don't agree we feel that we are being shortchanged but i want to say to zimbabweans that uh, this time around i think we have an entirely um new system mm-hmm. um we cannot afford to play games because with the entire world focusing on Zimbabwe, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we have uh, we we have uh, had a, a delegation of political parties from Tanzania, for example. We have had them for the past week, and uh, we've just come back from Vic Falls today, where we were with them, discussing and learning um, from them. We have also come up with these structures where we have interparty dialogue, which allows us to discuss openly and see um, solutions. So the checks and balances, in my view, uh, are a lot. And the cost and the sanctions that we will receive as a country if we do not do things properly, um, they are obvious to everyone. Mm. Mm. He's just talked about uh, inter-party dialogue. Um, a listener earlier had said, look, let's put Zimbabwe first. Uh, let's put party second. Um, do you feel that that is the sentiment that is uh, uh, in parliament uh, that, uh, you know, we people are not necessarily towing party lines or politicking, but uh, we'll say, look, we've done the best we can. The playing field, the electoral playing field is a lot different now than it has been in the past. And so this will be a different election in many respects. I think... Um Everybody across the political divide wants us to be able to use our uh, common ground to better our country. Um, You find that in Parliament there are a lot of times when we agree 
from across the floor. Mm-hmm. And um, if you if you listen to the debate either over the radio or if you watch it over the TV, you know you can see that people are not just applauding for people that are in their party alone. You know mm-hmm. the applause come from across the floor. And um, we have um, we have these. Um, parliamentary portfolio committees that are that incorporate all parties and when you sit inside these committees you see a, a lot more of this unity that we're talking about because people see themselves as Zimbabwean and they look at the issues as the issues in parliament it's it's a different it's a different space where your constituency is listening to you your party is listening to you so you might not be able to see more of that um, unified approach but whenever you have um, chairpersons of portfolio committees presenting this has come from across the floor and it has been debated outside of that space and it comes from both sides or all sides now if I go back to the to the women's issues again, we have a women's caucus in parliament that incorporates all parties and women sit on their own to discuss women issues and women's issues are not are not um, political like you cannot make them ZANU-PF women's issues and MDC women's issues. They are women's issues. So you have um, youth, uh, the committee that deals with youth, for example. Youth issues are youth issues. Like you cannot separate them and say ZANU-PF youth are suffering this, but MDC youth are not, are not suffering the mm-hmm. same fate. So everybody's eager to to have our country move from this idea of having divorced minds. Everybody wants to move on the same page, but because we do have these political parties, they are also fighting to lead. And um, you will have a party wanting to lead that same thing. Zanu PF wants to lead uh, in the in the unified arrangement. MDC uh, and the MDC coalition wants to lead in the same unified arrangement. So there's a difference between fighting for power and then also fighting for um, development or fighting for a positive change in your country. I think we have moved. Um, very far ahead as far as speaking with one voice is concerned on many many issues it's just that right now we're in the in you know election mode and everybody wants to show that their party is the best or their manifesto is the best but i i've seen a, a great you know a huge development especially when we moved into the new dispensation because there was so much hope something different something fresh so everybody doesn't want to make a mistake now what the one thing that we have to try to work on is the issue of trust like on mm-hmm. what had said mm-hmm. um we have gone for a long period where there was a lot of mistrust and this is like a marriage or a relationship between boyfriend and girlfriend where if trust is broken it takes a lot to build it back up now i think we need to give each other a chance and see where we can go together and let's act as if we, we, we're starting on a clean slate and see how far we can we, we can go because a lot of things that will derail us have to do with not trusting each other if if like uh, the the diaspora for example like we're talking about the diaspora vote then probably the main reason why uh some might be reluctant to to include the diaspora vote is because we 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 are no longer we don't live in the same space uh, our influences are different um you might live in in Kenya and are influenced by the Kenyan environment it might not necessarily apply to the Zimbabwean environment and we need to sort of find a way to bridge that gap whether it's because we have social media now and so on we need to use it positively to reflect the true picture on the ground if i live in a country that has bullet trains you know i can't automatically think that zimbabwe can do it right now you know you have to research on what it took for that country to get to that point and is zimbabwe ready for that same change right now so we need to be very practical about the type of change we want and we we can't jump stages and um, we, we, we've got a long way to go, but for as long as we don't trust each other, it will make it very difficult for us to develop. Free, this is Alyssa getting in touch. Free, fair and credible elections where always talk but remained lip service. How can we trust that the same people who kept quiet when violence happened for the last three decades and never opened up 
that there was violence during elections will today live to their words? Well, um, we need everybody in the country to understand that each person has a right to vote for uh, whichever individual they want to vote for as a member of parliament, a councillor, a, a president. Um, there are historical issues. If we continue to live in the past, we cannot move forward. We have one set of eyes which are both um, in front. And I think right now the um, new dispensation has given us hope. There is a lot of goodwill um, in many countries. And uh, our president is, is uh, heavily engaged together with the uh, minister for responsible for foreign relations. And we are beginning to see uh, a lot of um, interest from many, many um, organizations, from countries, from individuals that want to invest. They are just numerous. I was in Vic Falls today. And I met some of them. I met Zimbabweans who have come from abroad who are coming with investors. And so um, even at the airport, you can see that there is a new Zimbabwe here that is in the offing. So we need really to move forward. But also in order to move forward, we cannot ignore the past. This is why I have said that we need serious um, introspection and we also need to address the basis of mistrust and that burden falls largely uh, on government and my party as a governing party uh, I think is playing its role to re-enact uh, uh, the trust that is necessary for us um, to move forward. The code of conduct that we've come up with, for example, has been a joint effort by the parties in parliament. We have worked exceedingly well together on that code of conduct. We have been to see the Minister of Justice to tell him that this is what we have agreed on and that is what is now in the um, electoral law. And so that is evidence that as Zimbabweans we can find each other we can work together for the betterment of our country and I think that we just need to be positive. We have too much negative energy at the moment uh, and energy which to uh, at times one feels that we sort of uh, desire failure mm. and yet I think all the positives are in place. The president is sending the necessary signals to all of us those of us who are involved in the inter-party dialogue have specific instructions to do the right things and to ensure that uh, we interact with sincerity with our colleagues from the opposition. I just want to add as well that mm -hmm. um, when President Mnangago came into office during his 100-day um, period, he also signed into law the National Peace and Reconciliation Commission um, Act. And um, this National Peace and Reconciliation Commission is supposed to help to bridge certain gaps that we have as far as um, issues to do with violence are concerned, issues to do with disputes are concerned, not just issues of the past, but also current and prevention of uh, future conflict. I think if... Um, if I understood the president very well, he really wants this NPRC to to be given the resources to help in situations like this. We always need a mediator when it comes to issues to do with violence, whether past, present or future. And the NPRC is one of those mechanisms that will help us, I think, to be able to deal with some of these issues and to um, have a, a positive transition from one period to another. Uh, KJ in Vic Falls, I think responding to the point you made earlier, Honorable uh, Kanengoni Malinga, saying the reason why committee engagement with the people is poorly attended is because the previous administration had captured our political space. My grandmother cannot express herself honestly well under the watchful eye of the men in dark glasses. Hopefully as we move forward, our interactions will improve and your jobs as representatives will become worthwhile. Thank you so much uh, mm -hmm. uh, KJ for that contribution. We have Nyamashi uh, uh, saying the question of logistics for diaspora vote is just a ploy by Zanopia fearing a very probable defeat. Uh, who said a million people can't come to Pretoria? Um, uh, 
as for uh, as for sake it's a captured institution uh, the laws governing and printing of ballot paper is very flawed favoring the ruling party thank you so much Nyamashisa, for that contribution i want to take a couple more before i hand over to the mps to respond i think all these speak to the issues of uh, mistrust that has been uh, uh, spoken about here um a couple of more contributions. Someone else was speaking about uh, uh, the uh, diaspora vote, saying uh, countries like Mozambique, who are, uh, you know, poor countries like Mozambique, allow their people outside the country to vote. Uh, so we should also be able to do that. He also says these reforms were deliberately delayed because primary elections have already been held. Hence, women and youth quotas will not be met. That's from Jay Moyo uh, in Echuesha. Thank you so much for those. Let me hand over to you, Honorable Chassie, to quickly wrap up, perhaps respond to some of these things very quickly, and then give us rounding remarks, and then uh, lastly over to you, Honorable uh, Kaningoni Well, I think on the diaspora vote, I did indicate mm. that we, um, you know, the, the devil is in the detail. We need to understand uh, exactly what... Um, uh, the diaspora vote implies and what it is that we need to do. I do not, and, and there's also, I think, a misconception that everyone who is um, in Cape Town is, is anti-ZANU-PF or in the diaspora is anti-ZANU-PF. That, that's a myth. Mm-hmm. Um, I think all parties have got followers there and it will be in the interest of every party to have their members uh, wherever they are voting. So we just need, I think, to be positive about it and uh, to look at it um, um, together. I do not see being um, a person who is actively involved in uh, some of the things that are occurring, I do not see or feel a desire to hide anything and like I said I think uh, President Mnangagwa is giving um, excellent leadership at the moment um, uh, Zimbabweans are uh, naturally impatient given where we have come from mm-hmm. and um, we think that the pressure that they are um, uh, putting uh, both on the president and on government is, is necessary and good and uh, it will get uh, proper responses and so one hopes and looks forward to a free fair and credible elections but it's not a responsibility of one party or one individual it's a collective responsibility of political parties uh, mps journalists uh, civil society and everyone that uh, can play a role lastly over to you honorable tabi um kanengoni malinga um i think what i can say um is that we need to redefine um, what it means to be a member of parliament, the qualifications of such a person, um, how the electorate should choose their members of parliament. It, it shouldn't really be about um, whether or not they, can, they have money or if they can buy them alcohol or you know things like that. Because in the true definition of it all, the role of the MP is in that house in that august house and they should be able to to formulate laws that can help their constituents uh, live better lives now we have moved away from um, the issue of wanting to be an mp so that you can play this role a lot of people want to be MPs for financial reasons. They probably think there's so much money. Perceived. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you now, there's not that much money. They, they, you know, because the actual role is not a financial one. If you look at um, MPs in, in the first world, they actually like strict requirements that even include you being a financially stable person to be able to be an MP so that you focus solely on the role that you're supposed to be playing in parliament we're going to lose a lot of MPs uh, a, a good quality MPs um, because of um, the lack of knowledge of what an MP is supposed to do um, how they're supposed to represent the people now because we don't have this um, ingrained in our Zimbabwean system we end up with a lot of violence because the reason why people want positions is not for that representative role mm-hmm. it's for so many other different reasons even something like so that they can get a ford ranger also they can get a vehicle also mm-hmm. that they can stay in a hotel you know all these are are misguided reasons for wanting to be an MP and our electorate needs to uh, uh, this this takes education again mm-hmm. we need to educate the electorate on the quality of an MP what exactly they should be able to do we know that you don't have to be well we have a rule that you don't have to you know have a degree or a master's or PhD to be an MP but you have to be able to adequately represent your constituency um, 
MPs have been reduced to people who are supposed to bury people in constituencies, mm. who are supposed to take food to people, who are supposed to um, be there and give people money for school fees and so on and so forth, of which there is no budget for an MP to do all those things. So now people can no longer vote for their MPs for the correct reasons. It's, it's now become, economic. Yeah, it's become economic. It's become a financial game. If we move away from that, the violence in elections will reduce tremendously. Well, we certainly hope for a peaceful election uh, uh, coming up and uh, we want to thank everyone who uh, participated and sent us your messages. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you so much for listening and for tuning in to the station and this uh, program that we call Ask the MP. I want to thank my guests, uh, Honorable Fortune Chassi. Thank you so much for coming through. Thank Honorable uh, Tabitha Kaningoni Malinga, thank you so much, ma'am, for coming through to the program. Thank you so much uh, to Zimbabwe for tuning in. Uh, stay tuned to ZFM Stereo. Up next, Health Matters with Larry. That and a whole lot more coming your way. Only on ZFM Stereo, my station, your station. Good night.